0: and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty,
1: and Giuseppe Corallo.
0: Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about this week's Grey's Anatomy episode uh, entitled Breathe, so if you haven't seen uh, the episode, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, So start off, uh, Giuseppe, how are you?
1: Well, I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, Easter is coming. Tomorrow it's Easter, and (laughs) so I'm pretty excited about it, even though I'm going to be at home, well, I'm gonna hit a lot of chocolate, so that makes me happy. And yeah, it's been a good week, a stressful week in a way, but a good mm-hmm. stress, you know. Work, it was a stressful week, but f- for things that went well at the end. So I'm, yeah, I'm good, I'm fine. How are you, Jasmine?
0: I'm good. Um, yes, we got, for Easter, we got East um, Easter, uh, it was a good Friday off, and we get Easter Monday as well, so it's nice to have a long weekend.
1: Oh, you're going to have a long weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. What are your plans? Binge watching some shows? <laughs> a cooking competition? What are your plans? Because I know that you're a great cook. I saw all, all the great biscuits that sometimes you cook. So what yeah. are your plans?
0: Um, well, so yesterday, uh, my friend Amy came over earlier than usual because we both had the day off. And so we watched Grays and then we watched more of Bones. We're on season nine now.
1: Oh, how many uh, seasons are there? Okay. Uh, 12. 12, oh. So yeah. you still have lots of episodes left.
0: Yeah, and the last season is one of those weird half seasons. So it's like more like 11 and a half and we're halfway through season nine. Okay. Um, so that was fun. And she brought over, so I made myself a Beyond Meat burger. Um, and then we made, she brought like skillet gnocchi and we made some gnocchi.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and so that was good. And uh, I got some Easter chocolate from the store. My roommate, uh, Simone, when she was by to grab some stuff a few weeks ago, gave me one of those little chocolate Easter bunnies.
1: Oh, that's great. That's so nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, she's great. Um, So it's it's very cute. So I'm I'm probably going to eat that. And um, I've still got, I get those, um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I get those, um, well, I use HelloFresh, but those... um, there's like recipe boxes where they send you all the ingredients and everything.
1: Oh, no, I didn't know about that. No,
0: um, do they? Is that it's, it's really popular here in Canada. I don't know if it's as popular in Italy, that service.
1: So it's basically they they sent you all the ingredients to, to prepare a meal. Yeah. Oh No, no. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a great cook, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. But no, I, I never heard of it. This huh. is the first time.
0: Okay, so it, it, so there's a few different services and what it is, it's, it's a box you can get it like every week or every other week and you can get like two meals for two people, meals for four people and uh, it comes in like a cardboard box and it's like got ice in it and to keep it cold and it's got all the ingredients and it comes with these recipe cards for how to make the stuff and there's a few different services, there's HelloFresh, there's Good Food, there's Chef's Plate. Uh, there's it's, some of them like, on like,
1: it's like you have a membership and you receive yeah. these for
0: two weeks? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, so- great. that's
1: great. Because it also pushes you to experiment and to do new, to th- try out new things, right?
0: Yeah. Um. And I'm I'm a pescatarian, which means I don't eat meat. Sometimes, you know, making stuff on your own, it can be hard to, you know, come up with different healthy options that include all the protein I need every week. And so I experimented with different boxes, like in 2019. And then shortly before the pandemic started, I... I um. I I Had a bit more money, so I decided to start doing it again. And i it has been a real godsend during the pandemic because I don't have to think about what I'm making for dinner or lunch.
1: No. Of course, I'm gonna. I'm actually, you gave me an idea. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look uh, to here to see if in Italy something like that exists because you know I I really like it. I really like to try it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's my roommate when she was here, Simone, she was doing, she tried, like we both tried both HelloFresh and uh, good food. And I wound up liking the Hello Fresh better because I felt like it had the food had more spice to it.
1: Okay. And
0: you wound up liking good food better, but she eats meat, so it kind of depends what you eat. And they've become really, really popular in North America. Um, I'm not sure if they're as, as popular in, in Europe and other places. Um, but they've become really, really popular in the last couple of years. Like they were just starting to take off here in Canada, um, like bef- like kind of like the year before the pandemic hit, kind of around that time yeah. period. Yeah.
1: Well, we should, I, I I would ask to everyone who listens to us and we know that we are listeners from, you know, America, from Canada, of course, but we, from Europe, from Germany, from mm-hmm. France, from Italy, we should ask them, do you know about this? Do you know about this service? Do you have it? Let us know in the comments because I never had it. I'm from Europe, I'm from Italy, and I never had it. So yeah. let us know.
0: Yeah, so they're called food boxes or recipe boxes. And yeah, they've become really popular here. I remember when um some of them were like, they just, you know, a lot of them were in Toronto. Like that's kind of where it started out here. And then they'd expanded to Ottawa and so we were getting like, when you first try it out, you get like uh, like three free boxes because it was new to the area. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I find them really uh, helpful and and great, and they're the like big portion size at least for me. So like lunch and dinner is taken care of. I just have to think about breakfast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So my parents... yeah.
1: Amazing for lazy people as I am, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and. I really like that you get cuisine from like different places. Like it gives you different types of recipes, which I, which I really love because I like experimenting with stuff, especially being a pescatarian. Like certain parts of the world, you know, have more recipes that are more conducive to what I can eat. So, uh, that's really cool. And you get to like learn new things and then try new, new types of things. So, yeah, I really enjoy them. So, my plans for the weekend, to answer your question, are to eat some Easter chocolate and to cook some food. And, uh you know watch stuff on netflix and just kind of relax yeah so those those are my those are my plans uh for the weekend and and for easter
1: well they sound good Mm -hmm. they absolutely sound good so jasmine do you want to start with your usual 30 seconds recap over the latest Grey's anatomy episode yes okay go
0: go okay this week on Grey's Anatomy, married three nights with Mark and Lexi on the beach. While back in the real world, a ventilator shortage has the Greystone doctors gravely concerned when both a mother and daughter are in critical condition with COVID 19 and both need the last ventilator. Hayes' high risk sister in law, Irene, ends up in the hospital with a kidney stone. Amelia shows Teddy some tough love while they look after the kids, and Maggie and Winston get engaged.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. I know I keep saying this each week, but you recap are Amazing, thank you. Capture <laughs> the essence of the episode and the fact, okay. Okay, okay. I'm gonna start. Am I gonna start? I'm gonna be the first one to talk about this episode. Yeah, go for it. Okay, I, I want to start by saying that finally, finally, we know what Christi- that Christina, of course, knows about Meredith. So, this is something that I've been asking for weeks where is Christina? Where is Christina? I mean. Why is she, is she not checking up on Meredith, on her person? And finally, we see her doing so. And mm. what I really liked is that she did it with Owen. I thought that that all text message exchange was really funny and was, and I really, it was like I could hear her voice.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: basically, Owen is tending to Meredith's needs in, during this episode, is in the COVID floor. And he exits Meredith's room and he receives a message from Christina. And Christina Mm -hmm. asks him to send her um, Meredith monitors uh, images. And she's like, Christina, I I mean, I I know how to read the monitors. (laughs) And she's like, I don't care. And it was so Christina-like. I mean, it was like I could hear her voice. Mm -hmm. So I I think it was really. They, they showed us that Christina is actually worrying, uh, worried about Meredith, uh, even though she's in Switzerland. I mean, of course, we knew it. We've been saying this. We knew that it was something that was it was happening off screen. But I, I really like when they address this kind of thing, things uh, on screen as well. So that made me so, so happy. And what made me also so happy is that Christina and Owen have still talked to each other. I mean, I don't know why, but I, and I don't know about you, what, what are your thoughts on this? But I thought that they, they, they I, I never talked since Christina left. Again, I don't know why. But, you know, these messages made pretty clear that they still talk. And so I'm happy that they have a civil conversation. And also, what I found a little bit odd in a way was the fact that they showed Owen and Christina messaging each other. A week later the the Teddy's episode when we saw that Teddy was worried about Owen putting Christina first. I mean, yeah. of course, that was just something related to Meredith. It didn't talk about anything else, but I thought it was weird, you know because you have Teddy worrying about worried about um owen and and the possibility that Owen still has feelings for Christina, and then the next episode they show. Christina and Owen talking to each other. So I thought that was a pretty pretty interesting choice mm-hmm. to have him as the person talking to Christina, you know. And, and yeah, so that, that was great. And also we had a great, uh, I think Owen was, uh, he had a great arc in his episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when he told Tom to, uh, that, that he understands what it means to, to live with guilt, because Tom is feeling guilty, because he has get, gotten better and Meredith hasn't. So to have Owen have that pep talk to him, I mean, I, I think it was a very nice moment, which shows progression from Owen, and, and I really liked it. What about you? Did you, what, did you like this episode? Because, you know, in this episode, I mean, I started by talking about Christina's message, but in this episode, we had no one, but two big returns. What did you think about it?
0: Yeah, I love this episode. I loved it so, so much. Um, I love seeing Christina uh, appear via text. And um, I, I did think Owen was an interesting choice. And my kind of feeling about that was I'd seen people talking about uh, previously being like, oh, I wonder if Christina is going to text Hayes for updates about Meredith because they've established that, you know, they're friends and then he she sent him as a gift. And. My kind of feeling after this episode was that, you know, Christina probably did try to get a hold of Hayes and ask for updates, but because Hayes was so worried about Irene, his sister in law, and everything else that was going on, he didn't really have time or the headspace to respond. So she probably reached out to Owen and was like, hey, like, show me her monitors. Like, I want to know what's going on. Um, is that that was kind of my take on it? Um, yeah. But I thought that was interesting. I loved seeing her appear via text. I agree. You could really hear her voice when he's like, I know how to read them. And she's like, I don't care. Like that felt so Christina. Yeah. Um, You could hear her voice, which I loved. And I, I kind of had the same thought you did where, you know, uh, while it was great to see the mention um, and, and see her appear via text, it was kind of um apropos that, you know, the previous episode we see in Teddy's dream sequence her fears and concerns which I think are valid about you know how Owen's you know put Christina and Amelia and Beth uh, o- over her and how worried she is about that and then we find out and then we you know in that episode we see Owen and Amelia talking about what's going on with Teddy we see and now we see Owen texting with Christina which you know seems to indicate to me they have they're all in regular contact mm-hmm. um and it made me wonder if you know what does Teddy know? Does Teddy know that that's, I mean, she, she obviously knows that Amelia and Owen are, are talking, they're all parenting kids together. Um, but what, like how, to what extent does Teddy know what Owen has told Amelia about her? Uh, does what extent does Teddy know that, does she know at all that Owen and Christina are, are texting? And I'm curious if they're going to address that in the future because um, I feel like based on Teddy's fears, if she did know, she would be upset or concerned, but it's also Possible that she does know. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. And also because we have to remember that when Christina left, mm-hmm. this and Christina still loved each other. They knew that they weren't good for each other, but they still loved each other. Yeah. So, yeah. And as you say, Teddy's worries are all valid, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the thing, too, is it's like, you know, um, Owen's been really angry and upset for the first half of the season about uh, Teddy not telling him about Allison and the fact that she's still in love with her. Um, but as Amelia points out, you know, Teddy's also suffering from PTSD. Um, and I did think it was um, a bit hypocritical of Owen to be so upset that Alice, Teddy is still in love with Allison when allison has been dead for almost two decades and Henry, her husband is dead. When meanwhile, he's talking to Amelia and Christina, people he, I think that affectionate that love is still there, but, but they're still very much alive, but you know, they split, But he split with both those women. Um, because, you know, like you said, Christina and, and Owen, you know, they knew they weren't right to, for each other. Um, Christina had to move on. Amelia, you know, he, you know, she had to move on as well. Uh, she's with Link now. They have children. So I, well, I really, really like the mention, I, it did come across to me as a bit, I'm like, okay, why is Owen been so angry at this level, if in reality, him and Teddy are doing the same thing? Like that's, I was yeah. a little bit baffled by that.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree.
0: Um, so I would like to see that explored more. in a like in a, I will say, I, I want to see it explored more, but I don't want Teddy and Owen to go back to fighting because like, I'm just over that story. Oh no,
1: God, no, 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 please no more fighting. Now it's time for the two of them to go down the path of reconciliation oh my god so (laughs) uh, so yeah no no but Uh, what about the new big returns we had Lexi and Mark back what do you think about it
0: uh I loved seeing Lexi and Mark again I thought they were perfect um I knew Lexi was coming back because I'd seen the promo trailer for last week um but Amy and I watched together and she'd seen some spoilers online I keep myself spoiler free I you know I turn everything off the night before and the whole day of Friday um And so when Mark appeared on screen, I literally screamed out loud twice.
1: (laughs) Oh, for me, it spoiled by Eric Dane because I woke up Friday morning on Friday morning and I forgot that I I didn't have to, you know, enter WhatsApp and, uh, sorry, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. So I was on Instagram and there was this picture of Eric Dane and I was like, okay, Mark just got back to the show, so.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, like, I screamed violently, like in a good way. I was like, oh my God, I could not believe it. Um, I was so happy to see them both back. I loved, God, I loved anything about those scenes. Um, I loved their lines were perfect to me. You know, Lexi had that sunny optimism that she always had. Mark had that whole, you know, manner of fact kind of here's how it is. I love seeing the Dirty Mistresses Club back together. I love seeing uh, the Gray Sisters back together. It felt like no time had passed between those characters. Um, I love that.
1: Can I say something? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to sound shallow, but the actress Sally Lee, the actress who portrays mm-hmm. Lady Gray, hasn't aged a day. She looks yeah, the same. Gorgeous. Right. Yeah, she's she looks the same, like five, nine years ago.
0: Yeah. And and Eric Dane, I mean, he obviously looks older, but I feel like he looks like distinguished, like he's aged well. They've all aged yeah. well. Yeah. So when you you see them next to each other, similar to like Derek and, and George, I think when you see them next to each other, it feels like no time has passed because, you know, they either look exactly the same or they've kind of aged with distinction uh, really beautifully. Um yeah. So I, I love that. And uh, hats off to, you know, not only the actors, but, you know, the, the makeup and hair departments, the costume <laughs> departments, the, uh, the special effects people, the people who found the beach, the location finders. You know, you, there's a lot of work that goes into making that look beautiful. Yeah, um, just
1: should we say something about why you are thanking the CAJI department? Yes.
0: Yes. Um, so if those uh, of you listened to our episode last week, if any of you are fans of the show Supergirl, um, you know that I goofed up uh, and I was talking about how um, the show people had been talking last fall by saying that uh, Tyler Lay, who plays Alexi, uh, might not be able to appear on the beach because uh, she was filming Supergirl in Georgia. And I repeated that. And the information I saw about that seemed to be accurate. It looked to be by people who watch the show and I don't watch Supergirl. And then I was editing the podcast and I was like, you know what, I should double check that because I don't watch this show and I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. And so I I looked it up and that information is incorrect. So for the first season, Supergirl was shot in Los Angeles, um, but then because it requires so many special effects, they needed to keep costs down. So they moved to Vancouver, BC for season two. And that's where production has been ever since. And I thought, oh, maybe she lives in Georgia, but no. So uh, Charlie and her family have homes in Vancouver and in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm not sure where uh, Georgia came from or why people have been talking about that ad nauseam, but uh, Supergirl Films in Vancouver, which is where she <laughs> was. and. Yeah.
1: That's where she was when she filmed this episode.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't know if you read this, but um, that uh, Eric Dane, who plays Mark, uh, did an interview about this, um, which I thought was super interesting. And the thing I loved about it the most was that when asked about how they made that come together, so Ellen um, uh, Pompeo and, and Eric Dane were able to get together on the beach in LA where they were filming. And Charlie who plays Lexi said, yes, absolutely. She'd do it. But then they realized she was already in Vancouver to film Supergirl, but then filming got delayed. So she, she, she said she would do it, but they realized with the border closed that she would be able to get to LA, but then she wouldn't be able to get back to Vancouver.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So uh, they agreed to basically, they filmed her on a, a green screen set up in Vancouver, uh, which luckily, I mean, in this case happens to have a lot of um, production facilities. Um, because there are so many TV shows and movies that are shot there, like, a, like a, a good chunk of everything you see is shot there. Because of that, they were able to, you know, superimpose and, and work their magic. So it looks like they're all interacting and she's pushing her on the swing and handing her the towel. I mean, that was seamless. I mean, you would, yeah. you would never have known.
1: Yeah, I was surprised, you know, because I, I have to admit that when it comes to CGI, Grey's Anatomy hasn't done, isn't the best because mm-hmm. of the... Budget, I, I, I think and this time they were really great I mean I mean uh, yeah you could see that there was something a little bit off but you know it, it didn't it didn't affect the feelings that they the scene evoked so yeah props us off to them they were they were amazing I think what the person who, da- who did this job and who edited the, epi- who edited the episode as well is mm-hmm. called Vanessa Delgado so I just wanted to mention her because, you know, we, we always mention the actors and the writers and the directors, and we should mention all the people behind, you know, that make the show great each week.
0: Yes, I agree because they are just as much a part of making that look great and making it possible, especially during COVID, which adds so many more complications than ever before. Um, and everybody who goes into to making that deserves a shout out. Yeah. Um, and something I really loved about those scenes was, I love that the advice that they gave her was so much more helpful, than their, like, she's like, what do you mean the sand isn't real? And they finally explained to her that, like, the rule, there are no rules on the beach, but the beach lives in her head, and that she can go back if she wants to, but that it's it's not about choosing life or death, at least to me, it's about psychologically understanding what's happening to her. And that the beach is her happy place. So seeing her dead loved ones, seeing the people she loves come and talk to her in her room, getting closure there brings her peace. And yes, of course, you'd wanna be in a peaceful place rather than the hell that is COVID in, in June in the United States, um, but that her kids need her and she she can go back if she wants to. Um, and I, I just loved how they helped her out with that and gently nudged her. And um, I loved the scene where Meredith is talking to Lexi about Bailey, a child she never got to know. And we learn more about who Bailey is as a child.
1: Because
0: yeah. um, I said that, remember when she was talking to Derek?
1: Yeah, I said, yeah, I do remember that, of course.
0: Mm-hmm, we're gonna hear more about Bailey and that what he wanted to do was make it, what he really wanted for his birthday was to make everybody laugh because the pandemic had just started, uh, which by the way, puts his birthday in, in March. Um, or like beginning of April kind of around there and then that's what, what he really wanted for his birthday which I thought was a nice follow-up on how when she's talking to Thatcher when Thatcher is dying she says to him that you know he's going through a family's going through a phase where he says funny in every sentence
1: oh right yeah you're yeah. right I remember that. yeah funny it's, in every sentence yeah
0: yeah and so he's moved on f- from doing that but him wanting to make his loved ones laugh like at such a young age is that he can perceive that like everyone's going through a tough time. That's what I want for my birthday is to make everybody laugh. It's such a tender thing. And that connection because Lexi and, and Meredith were close and Lexi was close to Thatcher and they're all talking about Bailey, a child they didn't get to know. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was just a beautiful kind of continuation and, and moment there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful yeah um I have to say that you're right, and I agree with everything you said the um having that the two of them back together at the same time it was it was amazing and it was very it was very tender to see them playing near the sea and mm-hmm. and also how beautiful was the three of them laying on that grass i mean yes. with all those flowers I think that those were beautiful shots mm-hmm. um but I have to also say that ugh, these returns, at least to me right now, they, they don't make me emotional as they did in the past with Derek and George, because now it's like each, every, every week it's like, okay, who's coming back this week? And I think it lessens the emotional punch, if you get what I, what, what I mean. Hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm really, really ready to move on from this beach, from this limbo. Also because these characters, for example, Lexia and, and Marx, they say beautiful things, but I also think that their dialogue is very generic. Like, for example, they, they talk about the importance of the depth of love that you feel while you're alive. And this is also why you feel the, the despair. But I also think that this, their dialogue is very, very generic. And like, like it could be said by everyone, by every other character. And for, I, I, I was, again, even though it was great to see the two of them back, I was not very emotional when I, when I saw the scenes between Lexi and Meredith. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe it's just that I'm tired to, to see those scenes because I want, the sh- I want Meredith to be back at the hospital. I mean, in a working capacity, maybe it's that. And I was thinking while I was watching this episode that this season, right now, at least to me, sometimes it feels a little bit slow because it, you know, it's taking, place in, a, it's taking it place in a short amount of time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I mean, since the start of the season, it's been just, I think, like one, two weeks, maybe. I think this- is about
0: two months, though, because they started in April and the comments that Joe makes uh, about the murder hornets and everything means that they've gotten into May. And so at this point, I think they're at the end of May, beginning of June. So it's been about two months.
1: Well, that's a lot for Meredith to be on that COVID uh, ward. Two months, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. Well, but it feels like not much has happened. And I think this is one of those seasons which is going to be- great when you can rewatch it in its entirety you know
0: Mm -hmm. I mean in
1: a few years even uh, when it ends I'm sure that if you rewatch this season it's going to look great to see every episode back to back but right now at least to me it feels a little bit slow but again it was amazing to see Lexi and Mark back but we know that Derek is going to be back for at least one more time yeah so I think something else will happen to her to her condition she will get worse yeah
0: I, I don't I don't think so I think that last oh. like next week is going to be the last time because before like she doesn't have to be on the ventilator to see people because before she was just asleep and unconscious before being put on the ventilator for the first like few episodes and she was on the beach w- with Derek and with George so I think you know she's breathing on her own now I think she's going to see like her stats might drop a little bit but she's going to see Derek one last time they're going to reunite and then she's her condition will improve once again and then she's she's gonna she's gonna come back and wake up That that's that's what I that was the vibe oh, I had.
1: maybe I expressed myself badly that's what I meant as well I mean that I, I think she, she's gonna she's gonna get worse like not again intubated but she's gonna get worse for a little bit mm. she, to see Derek and then she's gonna say goodbye finally to him she's gonna have closure yeah. and he's gonna say something like I mean I will wait for you and then finally she will be better again we have to see Derek one more time and so uh, and we have to still see that their big emotional scene because the writers uh, said in an interview they have an emotional scene coming up so, yeah. well, we'll see what happens, but it was great to see her getting better. And I think that it's great that Lexi and Mark are the two characters that pushed her uh, towards the, the land of living, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones who made her realize that she needs to fight because of her children and because of all the love that she feels that she still has in her life. So I think it was amazing. And speaking of love, Another couple, which was in its, you know, love bubble, was Maggie and Winston, and yeah. I was shocked by the end of the episode because at the end of the episode, basically, Winston makes a proposal, proposes mm-hmm. to, to Maggie, and yeah. Maggie says yes. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, Winston is about to leave for Boston because he yeah. has to go back, and, and Maggie keeps saying it, keeps saying him not to go, you know, to stay at the hospital with her because she needs him because. He's the only source of joy in her life right now. And and so we think for the entirety of the episode, we think that he's going to leave. And then he makes this big romantic gesture. And it it was great to see this joy in this uh, otherwise very dark episode. Uh, but I was surprised by Maggie's reaction because we know that Maggie is a neurotic person, a little bit neurotic in a good way. And we know that she overthinks everything, mm-hmm. everything. So the fact that she just said yes, in a way, sounded pretty strange to me because we have to remember that, as you said, okay, maybe it's two months, but it's still, I mean, it's not that much of, of time to, to make this big A decision, Mm -hmm. but then again, there is COVID, and it's it's a very precarious situation. And Maggie is really depressed right now because she didn't expect this to happen. So it's like, what did you think about this for them? Do you think it was a bit of a it was a a rush decision?
0: I, I thought the proposal was very sweet. Uh, I love Maggie and Winston together, and I feel like they are—I feel like they are soulmates. I feel like they are. He, Winston is the end pairing for Maggie um, because they have so much in common, and because we've never really seen her click. With any of your other love interests, the way she clicks with Winston. Um, and you get to see that unbridled joy. Uh, and I understand why Winston proposed because when we first meet him in the conference episode in season 16, he talks about the loss of his mother and how he's, how he's um, taking on a carpe diem, live in the moment attitude. And at the end of that episode, or not quite at the end, but almost to it, he offers to either move to Seattle or for Maggie to move to Boston. And she says, you know, I need to make spreadsheets and put and con lists. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Take all the time you need do you. My feelings aren't gonna change. And then we see them become long distance and then eventually he comes to see her. Um, so I get why he proposed. I was a bit surprised that Maggie said yes because she is that person. But at the same time, everything with COVID is going on. You're in a big crowd of people. You know, there's that pressure to say yes, uh, even if you're going to say no later, but like, hey, let's talk about this. I understand why in the moment you love somebody, you say yes. I understand why, why she said yes. My feeling about it is, I, don't, I feel like they're not actually going to get married, at least not this season. I feel like they will wind up staying together.
1: Well, you don't think they're going to get married. Why not?
0: Well, I just don't think maybe like if, if the show gets another season, then I feel like next season, yes. But this season, because we're about 10 episodes in, and there's supposed to be, I think, 16 episodes this season. Um, 17. 17. Okay. They upped it to 17. When did that happen?
1: Yeah, a few weeks ago. Christopher okay. is an interview and are going to be 17 episodes.
0: Okay. Good to know. Uh, so 17 i just feel like because only two months have gone like even though they did know each other before only uh you know two months have gone by during this season and the previous season it's not clear how many months or weeks went by between the conference episode and and when we see them back again and because it is such a short period of time and and maggie's a conference who thinks things out that's that's a big decision to make I, i feel like you know they're saying yes, they're going to get wrapped up in it, kind of like how Christina did that with her wedding to Owen after the shooting. She kind yes. of got all wrapped up in it. And I feel like the bubble's going to burst, or at some point, Maggie's going to take a step back and be like, hang on a second. This is a big life commitment. Do I want to do this now? And they'll either stay engaged but not get married until later on, or they'll decide to stay together uh, but not be engaged um, because I think they're meant to be. I just think that like rushing into a marriage right now isn't necessarily the best idea. And I think too, right now, you know, everything's been so crazy. They're they're short on ventilators at the hospital. Amelia's going out of her mind. married has been put on the vent. You know, it's extremely stressful. But I feel like once Meredith starts to get better and that, and, you know, she's able to come home and be with her kids, Amelia and Link can go to his place and have their own space. Once that tension kind of dies down a bit. Yeah. Um, And, you know, as we move forward in the time on the pandemic, I mean, the pandemic still sucks, but one thing that we know is as time went on, we know so much more now than we did in June. Um, yeah. So much as- yeah, so much more. We as we learn more, and as those we see those uh, those things take effect within the hospital on the show, like they did in real life, um, I feel like as that kind of dissipates, and they can feel like they can breathe a little bit more. I feel like Maggie might kind of. Or oh, Winston we kind of sit down and maybe talk that over and be like, mm, is this the best decision right now? Yeah, so that, that's kind of my thoughts. I love Maggie and Winston together. And I think there's so much, I think that they're they're end game. But whether yeah. they actually going through the wedding, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know either. I don't know. Also because okay. yeah, I don't know what will happen between the two of them. But I I I think as well that they're end game. And I'm very happy because they finally found the perfect partner for Maggie. This is what a a healthy relationship looks like, at least to me. And what I also found very, very sweet, it is the fact that they shared this moment of joy. Also, thanks to the realization that they had during the day, because, you know, the the, the patient story, I'm talking, of course, about the patient storyline. We had a mother and a daughter both having COVID symptoms and there was a shortage of ventilators and the doctors had to decide uh, which one had the priority to get this ventilator. So I think it was, of course, a really powerful storyline. It was a really powerful storyline because because it gave us an idea of how difficult it was for these doctors. And as you say, we have to remember that right now we are at the end of May, beginning of June, how hard it was for them in that period of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that they really had to make very difficult choices and i mean i think this is one of the worst things that has that has happened during this pandemic the fact that doctors had to choose who to make leave i mean this is not a human choice this never should happen but you know it did happen and our doctors suffered i'm talking of course about the real world and the fact that he got represented in, his, in this episode, I think it was really beautiful, also because it was a mirror to the relationship between uh, Mama Ortiz and daughter uh, Ortiz and uh, her daughter. I really liked the two of them. I really liked this new, two, these two new interns. Do you like them as well? Don't you think they great and make a great pairing?
0: Yeah, I do. And I have a special place in my heart for, for Mama Ortiz because she's, uh, she, that actress played Sandy on ER, so she holds a special place in my heart and um
1: bossy and she's so cool and she's she's great because she's bossy and she's also tender at the same time when i saw that scene of her taking care of her patient over of the daughter i was like oh i would like i would love a doctor like her you know someone who can tell you things straight away but at the same time you can be really there for you in a in a in a human way, building a connection with you. I, I As I say, I, was, I thought it was a beautiful storyline. And Maggie had this realization, um, realized that they could have one ventilator for the two of them, putting like two tubes, one for the mother and one yeah. for the daughter. And I think it was a very sweet moment.
0: Yes, yes. And I really love the moment where um the daughter who's the patient is freaking out she's like save my mother I have to see her and her heartbreak over hugging her could have killed her and how hard that is not to be able to touch and hold and hug your loved ones right now like that's so hard yeah. um especially if you live close I'm like I live far away from the rest of my family I get to see my roommates occasionally I get to see Amy um so, how
1: oh, 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 far away how many hours
0: uh, From my family yeah um by car it's about like seven eight hours that's a lot uh by train it's like a full day of travel Mm. um so it's a lot so that's tough but because I'm used to that like I, I I'm not feeling the effects as much because you know they're far away so I'd have to travel to get to them so we FaceTime and we do phone calls and stuff um, I think for people who live closer to their family like in the same city as their family who can't interact with them who they'd be able to have to stand you know six feet three meters apart and that implication naturally you gravitate physically towards other people you want to hug them naturally we do it without thinking um, even if you're not a hugger and that's so hard you have to go against your basic instincts and I, I I'm I know this is a real thing where people, you know, you slip up and you just want to hug them. So you hug them or you get too close. And then it's like, oh my God, did I kill them? Did I, did I make them sick? And it's not you making them sick. Like you're following the rules, you're wearing a mask, you're doing everything. Somebody else you've come into, you may have come to contact where they touched something you touched or whatever, wasn't following the rules. And like that transmission is what's making them sick. You don't know who that person was. You know, you blame yourself. Um, And how hard that is for people. Um, And so I really love that moment where, I think it's Maggie and Jackson, I think, that are in the scene. But they're paralyzed um, by pain when the daughter is freaking out and and Mama Ortiz just steps up. And because she has a background as a social worker, she holds her hand. Um, she calms her down. She's exactly what she needs in that moment. Um, yeah. And she, like, as she says in the episode where they introduced her and the other interns, you know, she she was working nursing homes and stuff when H1N1 happened. And so she has experience on a, a smaller scale um, as, as to what that was like. And so she uses that to help others. And uh, especially that scene at the end there where her and her daughter hug like through their PPE, it's just so hard. And I just, yeah, I thought that was beautifully done. And I really yeah. liked them as as a pair. And I really enjoyed the patient storyline. It was heartbreaking, but I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and another storyline, which I, I, I'm sure that you loved, was the Ace uh, storyline. Uh, finally, we got to meet his sister Love. law Do you want to talk about it? Because I know that, I mean, we both love Ace and his character, and he had a big episode. And finally, finally, we have... <laughs> we know that Ace has feelings for Meredith, because he smiles <laughs> when he talks about her, when he talks about that general surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that amazing that finally we got confirmation on that?
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I loved Irene, his sister-in-law. I loved meeting her. Uh, she was badass. I loved her. I love that whole storyline. Uh, oh, I loved- and I love the actress
1: as well. Yes. That A few months ago, during I, I think it was during the first lockdown, uh, she and Kevin McKitt uh, mm-hmm. released a new cover of... Um, Oh my God! I think it was chasing cars, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. You 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 really need to to listen to it.
0: Something that I was really cool that I found out today, which is I was looking up the like the medical team that works on Grey's. Like they have a Twitter account with a little live tweet, and they retweeted um, some of the uh, of the tweets uh, from from the actors who played Irene, and so she got to showcase her own experience in this episode. Show she herself um, identifies as a black queer woman who lives with MS. And so she got to come on screen, not as an amazing singer, but she got to come on screen and, and live her truth and, and represent that. Mm -hmm. And something she was saying in in, in this Twitter thread that she did was that watching the episodes like she had appeared in, she got to learn things too, because they go into extreme detail about what MS is and how it affects the body. And so even just, like watching the whole episode in which she appeared, like watching the other, the characters talk. Um, she got to learn stuff that was helpful to her. And I love that because, you know, MS is is something that a lot of uh, people deal with. And if this show can, can help even one person, uh, more people know things about their own disease or how to treat it or how to help themselves, um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and I thought that was so well done. And like, yeah, I thought she was so badass in this. I loved uh, the scene where Hayes is giving her a tour of the hospitals. So they're taking her to the OR. And he goes, and that's a supply closet. <laughs> oh, that was great. And then she stops him like just before they're about to go to go in. And mm. he says, um, is, is she here today? Where are you hiding her? And he goes, like, who do you mean? And he goes, you know, that general surgeon, you know, you know, the boys tell me everything. And he's like, I work with many general surgeons. And she's like, do you smile when you talk about all of them? And then he does the thing. He does like that little laugh and he smiles. And yeah. she's like, I want to meet her. Like, I want to meet this woman. And he's like, well, you can't. She's like, why? And, she, and he goes, because she, she's on a, a breathing tube in the ICU. And she looks at him and she's like, again, Again, you you, you always fall for women who are
1: dying. It was so funny. I mean, it was so grim in a way, but also so so funny. That's why I want to get to know her more, you know? I would love to get to know her more. I mean, I, I read that Krista Vernoff, had planned this storyline for for season 16. Mm -hmm. And uh, it couldn't happen, of course, because of pandemic. So I'm sure that if this storyline had happened as planned at the end of season 16, we would have had a a bonding between Meredith and, and Irene. So the fact that we didn't get this because Meredith is in a coma makes me so, so mad because it would have been so interesting. I think it, that the general surgeon would have been Meredith and there would have been this dynamic between the three of them and it would have been so fun. Instead we got Joe, this is what makes me sad.
0: I feel that's coming though. Like I get, like I, I agree, like I get what you're saying, but I feel like now the Meredith is getting better, like for them to introduce her and not follow and have her say like, I, I want to meet this woman in the sense of like, I want to size her up. I want to meet her. I want to see if she's good enough for you um I feel like they wouldn't settle up if they weren't going to come yeah, back
1: they, yes. they keep teasing us and it's been almost a year I just I, I know I'm getting frustrated but I just want Meredith and they to form a relationship it's been I mean I love this love built up I love them for all my ships but this is taking so long
0: yeah I, I feel like with Meredith getting better I feel like we are going to see more of that especially if the show gets another season I feel that that will be one of the The main storylines because they've they've spent so much time building that yeah I really loved Irene in this episode and I'm glad that she pulled through uh because I had a moment where I'm like oh my god they're not gonna kill her off are they I mean (laughs) Jesus Christ the man's been through enough
1: no no they would have never done that I mean Meredith in a coma her wife his wife dead No, no no no
0: no so I love that and I hope to see her again and so, coming coming off of that, uh, something else I I wanted to talk about was Joe and Catherine. Um, I love their scenes this episode. I thought they were hilarious. Um, yes. When when she comes, Joe comes back into the OR after updating Hayes. Um, and she's like, oh my God, like you had to like take out her, her liver and everything or like her kidney. And she's like, she's like, you don't like, you don't waste a kidney child, Lord. Like,
1: <laughs> uh, can I say that? I love the way that uh, baby Allen says child, please. <laughs> yeah. I just love how she pronounces it. How she it, says child. I think she's so funny.
0: Yes. And the fact that she's like, I'm putting it back. Like, I'm not just going to yeah. leave it here. It would be easier if you were helping me. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. And what about the look on Joe's face when uh, Catherine asked him if she had ever considered changing specialties?
0: Yeah, and I it was interesting because I had a different reaction to that than Amy had because my reaction I was like, well, why, like, wh- why is why is Joe lying there? I don't understand. And then Amy made a good point. She goes, well, she's probably lying for two reasons. One. She probably doesn't want to tell her boss just yet like one of the people who signs her paychecks that she's sure. thinking of switching and second she's dating or sleeping with jackson with Catherine doesn't know so i get why she lied there um yeah. but i have to say joe like as i've said before joe switching from general surgery to ob doesn't make any sense to me as a storyline But Joe having this desire to switch it up and switching into urology, I would really like. I think that would be interesting because the show has a lot of general surgeons right now. And especially when Meredith comes back and Joe switching from one surgical specialty to another for a new challenge and being mentored by Catherine, potentially, I think could be really interesting. And since she has a background as a general surgeon, that would be applicable like she wouldn't be starting from scratch the way she would be with pediatrics or OBGYN um I mean it's not the same area of the body but like you know the 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 basic training you would get the understanding would be helpful so I I think that could be interesting I think there's a lot of comedy and humor that came out of those scenes I would love to see more of I'm also interested to see uh Catherine's reaction when she finds out that Joe and Jackson are sleeping together uh because it reminded me of that scene several seasons ago, where um, Jackson is dating Stephanie, and he's—they're uh, going to have dinner, and he, she's going to meet his mom, and then she accidentally walks into them naked in an on-call room.
1: Okay. Yes. Yes. Of course.
0: Yeah. And so I just thought that was really funny. And so the scene at the end there, where Joe and Jackson are in bed, and Joe says, "Your mom's really scary," and Jackson looks at her and says, "Why are you talking with my mom when we're naked?" Yeah. Um, it, it reminded me about April that all those scenes with April were like she was like emailing Catherine and thought that she was the coolest and walked on water and Jackson was like what the hell like we are out of a date stop talking about my mom um <laughs>
1: yes 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 and anyway, I, I think that was a, a really fun scene and again I'm gonna say it again I really like Joe and Jackson I mean I, I I don't think they're really gonna pair the, the two of them up I think they are they're gonna remain friends because you know fans are not responding responding very well to this relationship but i think they're so funny even that last scene that teasing between the two of them it was so yeah. funny
0: like i don't think that they're the forever pairing for those two but i think they're kind of like fun while it lasts that's kind of how i see it
1: they um, are father's breach as joe would say
0: Yes, and I I think I agree with you. Like I kind of see fans seem to be in one of two camps. Either they're they're with us, and we're like this is hilarious, or they're in the they're tam- the camp of like uh, like I don't ew, like I don't like this. So so yeah, I I agree, and I'm interested to see how um, April coming back, like what her role is going to be, and and how that's going to play into all of this. Um, yeah. I'm excited for that. And uh, There's so another
1: that- thing to be excited, I mean, during this episode was, I think it was the conversation between Amelia and Teddy. Mm-hmm. I, I love the two of them getting closer to each other and the two of them talking to each other. And again, Amelia is such a great character and she's such a great supporter for mental health. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Um, I like that they addressed it like, yes, Teddy's doing a bit better, but she's still not at the stage after being catatonic for days where she could be left alone to look after two small children. Yeah. Um, because you know, um, that, that's just not safe. And I I like that that Owen was like, okay, like he's been monitored, like he's been supervising her while she's been with the kids and now that he has to go into work, he's like, Amelia, can you like can Teddy come hang out with you? Teddy and the kids come hang out so that you make sure that everyone's okay. And Amelia's like, Well, I'm home anyway, and I'm happy to help if I can. So I really liked that. And I love that Amelia gave her some tough love and She wasn't like rude about it, but I really loved her line where, you know, Teddy's like, well, I tried going to a therapist and, you know, it didn't really work and it made me uncomfortable. And um, Amelia says, uh, well, yeah, mammograms make us uncomfortable, but we still get them.
1: Yes. Um,
0: You know, there's certain things you have to do. um, I mean, I can speak this as a woman. There's certain things you have to do, you know, as you get older, um, you know, every year or every couple of years or every six months or whatever the case may be for you, um, the advice of your doctor to make sure that you're okay. And, you know, um, I think that mental health is like that. I mean, the big difference is that, you know, here in Canada, you know, all that stuff is covered. Our public health system where therapy and mental health is not, which it should be. Um, But, you know, as as the show makes clear, you know, these doctors work for a high-end hospital. They have good health insurance. Teddy has the ability to access good therapy services. And as Amelia says, okay, the first person you went to, obviously not the right person, that guy sucked, you know, find someone that works for you like it's hard and it's scary and it's uncomfortable but you got to do it in order to be well like you wouldn't just forgo the mammogram because it was uncomfortable and get breast cancer I mean that would be insane so why are you doing that for your mental health like um you need to take care of that
1: yeah and there is also you know I was talking to a friend the other day who is going through a rough time mm-hmm. And I, I told him, well, you sh- I think you should see a therapist because a therapist could help you getting through this this difficult time for you. Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, "Why? I'm not sick. I mean, there is still so much stigma around getting help for you know these kind of problems. That yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I so I really, I really like when shows like Raising Out of Me highlight like these these important topics because. Getting the need from a therapist. I mean, I got help from a therapist a few years ago, remember. And I think we should all do that, you know. Yeah. We should be all get, get help when we need it. And we should not be ashamed to ask for help. So I think this is very important. This is why I love Emilia so much. She's the voice of reason this season. I mean, not just this season, but especially this season. Up until season 13, she was a mess. Yes. <laughs> But now but she, post, she's she's so wise.
0: Yeah, post brain tumor, their addiction under control. Like Amelia, I think takes that wisdom she's learned the hard way and tries to help other people. Be like, rock bottom sucks. You should not hit rock bottom. Let me help you, please. Um, like, let's yeah. not go there. You can get help. There's help available for you. Um,
1: yes. yes and, absolutely. And but, and I think that we should conclude this our episode by saying. I mean, I'm 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 gonna say that. One thing that I loved about this episode was the joy inside all this despair. I mean, every episode of Grey's Anatomy is like that, of course. Yeah. But the fact that we had such a difficult storyline, as the, I mean, the mother and daughter storyline, as we talked about, and then having this little moment of dancing it out, and this character dancing and being happy for them because they had found a solution to this problem and also because Meredith was off the ventilator I think having those moments of joy and of hope it Mm. was great and it was all about dancing it out I mean our podcast is called dance it out
0: yeah I love that and I love that it was Richard that did it like you know everybody's being super serious you know Maggie figured out a way to split the ventilators kind of like you would like a headphone jack and, you know, Richard's like, and we must dance now because this is a good thing. And You just doubled our capacity until more help arrives. And then him and Owen took um, Meredith off the vent. She breathed on her own. And he's like, and now we must also dance because it's a good thing. And everybody was like, yeah, we should dance. And I think the fact that Richard is, you know, Bailey's off on leave. Richard is, you know, chief of chiefs, but he was chief of the hospital for a long time. And he's acting as chief right now because Bailey is is out the, you know, the fact that he's the one who's like, yeah, everybody, let's dance. It's okay. It's okay to dance. It's okay to, uh, to express this joy. And we should, I feel like it gave everybody else permission to kind of be silly and, and dance it out with him because, you know, you're like, yeah, like if the chief is like, all right, let's get down, this is a good thing. Um, it gives everybody else permission to do that. And I, I love that so much. Um, yeah, and it also made me feel like it was for real because I'm like they wouldn't Richard wouldn't be dancing it out if this if they were faking this out on on these storylines. I feel like that would be very cruel. Um, okay.
1: it's I think it's time for our favorite quote or favorite moment. What was yours, Jasmine?
0: Oh gosh, I had so, so many, so many. Um, Some have already talked about like the when Hayes was giving Irene a tour and then talking about Meredith. I love dancing it out uh, with Richard. Um, I loved all the scenes with with Mark and Lexi. Um, I don't know if I can pick if I can pick just one um, oh, maybe to pick to talk about something I haven't talked about yet. um, something I really loved, a scene in the quote that I loved was that when Mark and Lexi are talking to Meredith about yeah. the joy and pain of life and love, and they say it's they say it's, it's a waste of time to miss them because they never left her and that sometimes they yell in her ears and the ears of everybody else. um, (laughs) When they're making stupid choices or you see stuff coming and you try and yell at them to like George says, he tries to shake his mother out of the grief. Mark and Lexi are like some, you know, sometimes we're standing right next to you yelling in your ears. Um, And I really liked that because I, I think, I think so many of us want to picture our loved ones standing beside us in that way and I love the humor of picturing Mark standing there during that stupid divorce storyline that stupid custody battle like yelling at Callie in Arizona because Meredith and Callie have a conversation during that storyline where Callie says you know Mark would hate this and so you yeah. see them talk about it and then it also made me picture all the times that Mark and Lexi would have been standing next to the other characters or Derek or George being like, yelling at them, being like, you idiot, like this breakup, this divorce, you're dating this person, you did that? Oh, you're lying about this again, you're having different, what are you doing? You're wasting your time here. Um, So that imagery, um, it like that brought a smile to my face and it made made me laugh.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, so what, what, what was yours? Those were some of mine
1: well i think it was the dancing out moment i really loved it and 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 i have to say that maggie has some bold moves. she was amazing when she danced (laughs) and if you didn't notice you should rewatch it because she was she really was i really loved those moments that dancing out yeah
0: yeah she was she had she she had moves she had moves
1: yeah Yeah. um
0: yeah so i I think that's our show um If you like what you heard today, uh, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review uh, and tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McCloyd You can find us on Twitter at Dance Out Pod and on Instagram at Dance Out Grey's Anatomy Until next time, I'm Jasmine.
1: And I'm Giuseppe.
0: And this is Dance It Out,
1: a Grey's Anatomy podcast.